Welcome to the Life Strategy Show with Lolita Smith, where each show gets you one step closer to bringing prosperity and success to your future. Life is a picture of your mind, and Lolita is thrilled to help you imagine it. What things are holding you back? Her ultimate goal is to provide you with the direction and solutions to become your best self and achieve unwavering success. Rise up with her and know that there is a place where you can be true to yourself and a strategy to get you there. Let go and free yourself from the strings of the past and find success, prosperity, and unlimited possibility. Join your life strategy mentor, Lolita Smith, and feel that world of prosperity right here and right now. The Life Strategy Show starts now. Wow, everybody. I'm so struck. Every time I listen to that, you know, I want to welcome all of you. I'm Dr. Pat. I get to, you know, be part of an amazing show, Life Strategy Show. This is with Lolita Smith, and this is about bringing prosperity and success in your future. But, you know, as a master coach, as somebody that has truly understand what life strategies and the life strategies way is, she has created building blocks. And there are building blocks, which we've previously talked about. And today's show is about that building block that we call relationships. So you're going to get a glimpse of how to go through and understand you can't do it alone. And what are these building blocks to relationships? Because this is what Lolita does. She is somebody that's out there, a mentor. Um, she has principles she has created for people. Uh, she provides people with the scope and an outline for their life that is filled with unlimited possibilities. And this is about bringing balance, bringing wholeness. This is about doing it for herself and helping others do it. She is a leader in the field of communications. She has done that. She is a teacher. And more importantly, she is right here with all of us today to say, this is the message that we have to have today in our world because our relationships need help. Lolita, right? Yes, thank you, Dr. Pat, for that. Absolutely, our relationships need help. Uh, you can't do it alone. You know, there is a reason season or a lifetime that people come into your lives and that you encounter them. And it's our job, whatever that may be, to find out why and build the best relationship we can with them. So, you know, as I look at and we talk about my mentoring principles and Dr. Pat just gave a great overview of self relationships and communications, they're multifaceted. There are different dimensions to each of the mentoring principles. And today we will be dealing with relationships. We just concluded dealing with self. And so with relationships, which is another, another foundation because Self, you have to get it right before you can be in a good relationship with someone else. So we're working, building blocks through the principles to make sure we are our best selves to move through to prosperity and success. And today with relationships, you know, I pondered, how can we do this? Let's, let's go back in our mind's eye. And have you ever wondered why your relationships seem to fail? or it seems like it's the same thing over and over again. And so we all look back and say, what a bonehead mistake. Why did I do that? Why did I connect with them? And this isn't just about you know intimate relationships. This is about relationships as a whole, whether family, whether platonic, or if you are in a intimate relationship. And so 
we ask, why do we repeat certain things? But I think the answer to that is because we don't really know what a good relationship is. I mean, we assume when you think of relationship, oh, that just means I'm connected. But do you know how to build a good relationship that can be lasting and rewarding in every area of your life? So today we're going to go into relationships and we're going to start by defining what a relationship is because we all assume we know. We could go to Webster's Dictionary and look it up. So of course, that's what I did. Um, a relationship is a connection, an association, or an involvement. And it's the way in which two things are connected. So then we ask after that, as I just touched on a little bit, so what is a good relationship or a great relationship? Right. And a good or healthy relationship starts by being built on a strong foundation. Even if you're already in an established relationship, it's never too late to start implementing building blocks to strengthen your current relationships and make them more rewarding. So the habits that we're going to cover today actually will help you forge a relationship built on respect, communication, which is my third principle, but we're not going to talk about it today, and appreciation. Yeah. And, you know, this is really, this is why we are calling them building blocks. Now, you know, many people may or may not know, but they're going to hear you talk about it right now, is that they're going to hear that this idea and these principles for these seven building blocks to healthy relationships are very important because when you take them individually, yes, you can look at them and do them, but there is an understanding of each and that's what you're going to talk to us about. But in the end, you're really also looking for an end game of one respect you said trust is another so take us through these what are these seven actually mean um and you know i know there's more than just a couple words on them <laughs> absolutely yes there are and what i'm going to do is i go as i go through the seven building blocks i'm going to give you actually personal examples in my life or professional life that you can relate to and then you can say ah oh, and have that moment and understand why things occurred or moving forward the things that you need to change to build a healthy relationship the first building block is to listen i mean it's about as basic as you can get. However, we are so poor at listening. Um, be a good listener. Show that you're interested in what the person has to say. Don't interrupt. Uh, focus on what they're saying and do not respond before they're finished talking. A lot of times we end up cutting people off, assuming we know what they're going to say, or we interrupt them so that we can finish the sentence for them, or either we interrupt them so we can interject our opinion or our own thoughts. So the first thing to a healthy relationship is being a good listener. And of course, I'm going to go here, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Okay, so listening is first and foremost in this. Number two building block, speak clearly. Be specific in expressing what you need or what you want. Don't be vague or expect the other person to know what you want or try to read your mind or try to figure out what you desire from them. If you want something done, be 
forthright, be specific, and articulating what you want. And I'll give a brief example. Say you're tired of sitting in the house and you're like, wow, to your friend, partner, whatever, wow, it's a lovely day outside. And your mind is thinking, well, I'm hoping they continue and think my thoughts and read my mind and say, let's go out and do something. So you're waiting for them to lead. But when you want something specifically, speak it clearly, articulate it in a manner and say, wow, it's a lovely day out. I think we should go for a walk. I think we should go for a drive in the country. Articulate your needs because people do not know what you want unless you convey to them what you're actually thinking. Yeah. I mean, part of what you're talking about is there's there's an idea to listen, there's an idea to do something, but underneath it, there are very specific, very specific outcomes that you're really addressing. But I love also what you're doing. You're not just addressing this is what it is. You're also saying, hey, hello, if you're doing this over here, you can stop this. This is one of these things you can stop, right? Um, I want to take a minute because we have got a lot to cover in this, and it's so important in the world we're living in now because right now you can really take what Lolita is saying and you can make these changes. Before we go forward, let's make sure people know how to find out more about you. And if they've got any questions down the road, you know, let's just make sure we get them to your website and give them a way to connect with you directly. Yes, you can find me at lifestrategymentor.com. Again, lifestrategymentor.com. And it will give you all the specifics, the way to contact me and what I build on in the foundation of my life strategies way. Awesome. Um, Look, we're really looking at creating something here that people will understand and know about and yet be able to, to create some room in their hearts. Because I think part of this is being able to understand where another person is coming from and allowing your heart to be open enough to even know that these, these seven principles are going to help people get them to where they want to go, right? Yes, they are. And so with that, we will continue with the number three building block to a healthy relationship. And number three is set boundaries and expectations. And what I mean by that is let the other person know what your expectations are for the friendship or the relationship. Be clear at the very beginning so there's no misunderstanding on either on either side. And, you know, discuss boundaries for sensitive issues or things that may make you feel uncomfortable. And I will use a, a, a personal, you know, example of this and actually personal and professional. You know, back in my earlier career, I was working in sales, of course, a new manager came in and he was hard nosed. And because the prior manager didn't do a great job, he was brought in to clean up. So when he came in with this hard nosed attitude, he kept saying, okay, I can fire you all. I can fire you all. This is what he was telling the whole staff. And so the third time he said that to me, I said, respectfully, this is the last time you will tell me that. You set your expectations saying you want us to achieve these goals. Give me time to achieve these goals, see my work ethic, and then if you have a problem, we can dialogue then. But until then, my boundaries are you will not constantly say to me that you can fire everyone here. And that actually was the beginning of a great friendship. So as the relationship progressed, and of course, 
I killed all the numbers I superseded last year, you know, he started saying, oh my gosh, you have the Midas touch. And at the end, we built a personal relationship when we departed ways and I decided to relocate. And he said, because he knew the sacrifices I had, had, had done or had occurred for my family, he said, I wish as a parent, I am half the parent you are to my son. Wow. So what started off as I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to you. I set boundaries and it's okay that you set boundaries with management or authorities, as long as it's done in a respectful manner. And there's nothing wrong with a partner or someone like that. If you have sensitive issues, if there were some habits in the past that you dealt with and you're very sensitive and you don't want to go down that same road, you can say, okay, these are the things that I dealt with in the past and I'm very sensitive to that. So would you be mindful of these things? Because I don't want to relive those things. And what you're actually doing by doing this are the boundaries help you maintain a level of respect in your relationships. Yeah. And, you know, part of what we're talking about is also understanding when you're talking about boundaries as how to get to know yourself well enough to know where what's not negotiable for you. Right. Absolutely. And then to be able to have the wherewithal, courage and, you know, assistance, because you can't let go of this alone. This one area right here, this is where if there was anything that anybody needed help with, it's right here. It's like being able, oh, I see the boundary, but, oh, I don't know if I could ask for that. Oh, boy. And that is part what I do on a daily basis, probably hourly basis, you know, is, is resolution is providing direction, instruction and how to handle a manner where you're not offending someone because you're not coming with a malicious intent. It's nothing wrong with conveying how you feel and letting people know what you desire without them withdrawing and you seem like you're bulldozing them. So it's a balance on how you do that. And that is part of what I teach and the part of communicating effectively. But for today, we'll go now, continue with the seven building blocks of healthy relationships to number four, which is be flexible and willing to compromise. No relationship should be one-sided at all time. And this is going to be really quick. If you're the one that's always giving and you're never getting in return, it's one-sided. There should be where each of you are willing to compromise if you respect each other. So if you're always giving, after a while, when you give all the time and you're not giving anything back, you become diminished. You actually need to be replenished by someone like you're pouring out. So it's good that you set you know, let's compromise. You may not always want to, but it's a good practice for a friendship of respect to compromise. Uh, the next thing, number five, see things from the other person's point of view. Be open to looking at things from a different perspective because we don't always experience things in the same way. It doesn't mean the other person is wrong. Um, it may be that you've never experienced something. We come from different backgrounds, different family lives, and it may be something that you've done or someone has done in their prior family, and they want to continue that pattern or habit because that was a part of their life. But if you didn't have that same family relationship, you may not understand. So, you know, because you haven't experienced it, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that you just need to be open to discussing with the person why they feel that way, which allows you to see from their viewpoint what they're saying 
and it gives you a respect of each other's differences and point of views. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about here and what you're helping people with is a list of things that people can really go through, but other parts of this too, and we're going to finish this for folks is they can pick one and they could say, you know what? I get what I get what they're talking about when it comes to listening. I can do this. Um, but when you put them all together, it really is a formula for creating amazing relationships, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and everyone has different formulas and different ways that may, because anybody can go online and see different ways. I utilize and, and what I share are things that have worked for me and working for me and, and generally for, you know, the population, they can also work because they're strong principles and foundations to live by. Uh, number six is agree to disagree and move on. No one is ever going to agree on everything. So respect that you have different positions on the matter and move on. Don't try to debate or convince the other person to agree with you. Another example, and I'm going to use family relationships. My parents are baby boomers. I am a Gen X. We see things totally different. However, we honor and we honor our mother and father and have long life. So you do not disrespect them, but I am comfortable in myself with saying to them because they have different opinions on worldviews and state of things that we go through because they were a different generation. Sometimes I'll say, I don't agree. I love you, but we're going to agree to disagree. No, no disrespect to you as my parents, but we just see things totally different and there's nothing wrong with that. And we're going to love each other regardless if we see things different. But we all have different perspectives on things. Number one, based on our current status, based on the environment and a lot based on your generation and the ideologies that you were brought up on. So it's yeah. nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree. Yeah. And, you know, part of this is really understanding really how strongly we can learn to become ourselves more fully and authentically, isn't it? I mean, that's really what we're talking about, especially with that one. You know, I mean, look, in an ideal world, some people think, oh, we should just agree on everyone. But no, you know, sometimes so many great ideas come out of the areas where we don't agree. But what you're talking about is how do we stay respectful? How do we stay who we are? But how do we also stay respectful and compassionate, even if we don't agree with someone? Yes, and it's not something that's overnight, because you have to work on yourself. What you have to remember is, if you are not where you want to be and confident in yourself. Now, a lot of times people remember the past of you. They only remember the past encounters that you've had in your interactions. But as they see that you're starting to change with self dealt with by, of course, we're not going back, having forgiveness, having a positive mindset. When they see all of these things that you're implementing, they'll start seeing a change with you and in you. And when they see that, where things used to be contentious or debatable, they start seeing another side of you and start being willing to listen. But you have to be confident and you truly have to try to change where people can see you're trying to do things differently before they become more receptive to you and receiving from you. And, you know, we'll go to number seven, which is show gratitude or 
appreciation. Thank the people who have helped you along the way. Don't take people for granted. A lot of times we're looking to the future and where we want to go, or we're looking to the past from where we've come back and harboring a lot of things that we haven't gotten over, but we're not looking at the now and where we are. And we need to look at that and thank the people who've helped us along the way as well as now. Sometimes we miss our now moments because we're looking in the future or we're looking in the past. Mm. So be mindful to focus on the now and thank those that's around you now because they're placed specifically around you to help you achieve what, where you need to be now. So I want everyone to start looking at people in a different way that's around you. But as you do, don't take people for granted. Show appreciation for thoughtfulness and kindness. People don't have to be nice. In this world today, when someone decides to be kind or gentle or thoughtful, it's almost like you need to go out of your way to thank them because we have life going on now. And if someone can exemplify those traits, you definitely want to show appreciation. Also with that is acknowledge each other's talents and strengths and, and reciprocate generosity. If someone holds the door, hold the door for someone. If someone needs a warm smile, give someone a warm smile. We are here and, you know, as I come near the end for the relationship, we are here and everyone around you, and I'm going back to what I just said, is here for a purpose in your life. It's up to us to find out through being open and receptive why that person is in our life. Is it because it's to see my character or their character? Sometimes we say, why are people in our lives? Are they here just to irritate me? But sometimes people are in your life because they show you who you are. Is it something in you that needs to be worked out? And that person is there as basically a buffer or a mirror to say, you need to develop maybe some patience, some kindness, some understanding. So are they there for a reason? Are they here for a season? Is it because there's a project that you need to fulfill and someone is in your life to help you achieve that goal so you can go to your next level or next place? Or are they for a season? They're here for a long haul, haul because they're gonna ride or die with you. You know, they're going to be here through the good and the bad, the thick and the thin. So it's us to ascertain, up to us to ascertain why people and relationships are around us, and then to implement these healthy building blocks to make sure we're in alignment so we can get the greatest benefit and reward out of people being in our lives and connected to us. And that's whether it's family, relationships, or business professionally. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when I when we're looking at this, I just want to tell folks again, we're going to go through all of these again so everybody has them. But when we're looking at these, what we're really clear about is you can start with one. You could start with two. You can decide which is the one that I really can step up and take a look at now. Um, and some of these, you know, for some people, some of them are going to be easy. Some of them are going to say, well, you know what? I heard what she said about listening. But wait a minute. I need to do a little bit more work. I mean, Thank you for bringing all this to the forefront today, because this really is a blueprint for people. Um, I want to just take a minute again and just make sure people know how to find out more about you. And then just remind us of what the seven building blocks are, if you could. Yes, you can find me at lifestrategymentor.com. Again, that's lifestrategymentor.com. 
www.thesevenbuildingblocks.com and the seven building blocks to a healthy relationships are, or relationship without an S, okay, are <laughs> to listen, to speak clearly, to set boundaries and expectations, to be flexible and willing to compromise, to see things from the other person's point of view, to agree to disagree and move on, and seven, to show gratitude or appreciation for those around you. Now, when you put these all together, there is a pathway to freedom. And that's really why you do what you do to help people get on that pathway to freedom. What is your personal message? What would you love to leave us with today? Well, most people know what bad relationships are, <laughs> but they've never learned the steps to establishing a good and healthy relationship. And a healthy relationship is not built overnight. And as Dr. Pat just said, pick one building block. If it's to speak clearly, if you're not one to speak up and say what you want and you think your mate knows, start there. Um, if you don't show gratitude for the nice and kind things your partner or your family is doing for you, you can start with thank you. It's little baby steps to start you on your way. And it's a process, but both parties in the relationship have to be willing to put the work in to make the relationship long lasting and rewarding. So today, take the first step to building a healthy relationship and you'll watch it be fruitful and multiply right before your eyes. And if you need further information or you want to see the principles that we've already you know, touched upon in other, in other episodes, you can find me at lifestrategymentor.com and you can start the journey today for self relationships and communications. I love it. Thank you for listening to the Life Strategy Show with your Life Strategy Mentor, Lolita Smith, on TransformationTalkRadio.com every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific. Rise up with Lolita and know that there is a place where you can be true to yourself and a strategy to get you there. Find success, prosperity, and unlimited possibility right here and right now every show. For more information and to work with Lolita Smith, the Life Strategy Mentor, visit LifeStrategyMentor.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of The Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of The Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Have you always known that you're on a soul path 
And have you wondered how to gain real insight into the steps along your own unique journey? Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Main, and thank you for joining me on Dhammayanti, the show for your soul. I'm so glad to have you along. Dhammayanti means peace and calm. Dhammayanti sheds a light for your soul through the wisdom that shines in the universal language of Sanskrit. Dhammayanti is the show that speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and enriches your soul. Join me now on Dhammayanti, the show for your soul, and be inspired and uplifted by the beautiful light of this profound, timeless wisdom. Welcome everyone. Welcome along to Damayanti, the show for your soul with me, Sarah Main. And it's wonderful to have you along today. And I hope you're doing great and having a great day. And today's show is called The Great Escape, why we should try to get out of our comfort zone. Well, who's ready for The Great Escape? I mean, are you aware that you have a comfort zone? You may have heard that term before. Are you aware of it? Um, if you're on a soul path, you would have come across it because there's usually some little prodding to keep going and sometimes it is a little uncomfortable. Uh, there's a beautiful quote uh, that says, a ship in harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. A ship in harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. And the first bit I want to address about moving out of your comfort zone is why does enthusiasm for, for our inner work, for doing this sort of inner work, why does it tail off? Uh, once we start on our soul path, you know, first is great enthusiasm, as is naturally often the case with, with a new thing. Uh, and then we are practising things and we're experiencing the benefits of them. And then for some reason, it seems to taper off. It's a bit like New Year's resolutions. And um, I know a, a person and he's, he's a wonderful friend and, and he's a good guide and teacher for people who are seeking to wake up and develop mindfulness skills. And um, he was talking about some people that he was working with, we could call them his students, and he was saying how enthusiastic and appreciative they are of, of what he's teaching them. Um, but he was puzzled that no matter how keen and committed they are to what he's doing, they hit roadblocks at some point on their path. And they seem to always go through these periods where they stopped doing these exercises that they knew from their own personal experiencing experiences were really helping them, were nourishing them, were opening their hearts and, and calming their minds. Um, and they failed to apply themselves to what he was teaching, uh, even though they knew it was giving them life-changing results. They just couldn't seem to get over that hurdle. So why do people fall into these holes was his question to me. Well, I mean, there's a lot there is a lot that can be said about this. There are natural rhythms in every human pursuit. There are ebbs and flows. There are ups and downs. And that includes studying and, um, meditative and spiritual practices. So I think we have to firstly 
cut ourselves a bit of a break. Um, and so there are natural rhythms in everything that we do. And we know that. Um, and the learning curve is not a straight line. There's just, there's just natural ups and downs. And there are periods where we want to work or students work to understand a new teaching and put it into practice and become really enthusiastic about the results. And then the energy seems to fade. And one of the reasons for that is it often can be because we've actually learned the lesson and worked at it. And the fruits of the practice have been assimilated subconsciously. And we just sort of almost forget to practice because it's become part of us. And we're no longer practicing something that's separate from us. We've assimilated it. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that for the, the sort of conscious effort, the conscious practice seems to fall away. There's another explanation, and this relates to the three natural universal energies. And being universal, they're always present. They're ever present. Um, and these energies can be described as stillness, activity and inertia, three different energies. They're natural and they're universal and they're ever present. All three are present all the time and they play off each other. Uh, someone once described them to me as uh, gave them names, different names from the ones I knew, and they were referred to as swan energy, tiger energy and sloth energy, which I thought was really fantastic. Swan energy being the energy of stillness, and calmness, then tiger energy, the energy of activity, and inertia being sloth energy. <clears throat> so a little wakeful swan focus can lead to purposeful tiger action under the knowledge that's gleaned, and then that can be followed up by a period of rest or, um, or inertia to recharge the batteries. So the third sloth phase may have been one um, that my friend saw in some of his students, a natural period of rest after the energised, focused work. So that's one way of looking at it. And another one is resistance to change. So we've got the natural up and down of, of just any pursuit that we do. It's a natural human uh, phenomena. Then we have this Another way of looking at it is these three universal energies that are ever present playing off each other. And it could be a period of sort of rest after work that he recognises as people or he determines is their effort tapers off. They don't just sort of keep at it the whole time. And then the other one is resistance to change. Um, <clears throat> and this can be a reason why this sort of drop-off of, of enthusiasm, which is actually less than positive. There's an inner opposition that can arise when someone's trying to change their life. Um, and the change, just consider change for a minute. By definition, we're moving from familiar into unfamiliar, unfamiliar territory. Um, we're moving from that habitual state, which is familiar, to something new a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling. Um, and we go from what seems to be comfortable to something that's uncomfortable. And they, with that can come feelings of doubt or insecurity and discomfort. 
And in fact, if you're not experiencing a little of these uncomfortable feelings, there's every chance that you are not experiencing genuine change. Um, and anyone who's used to entrepreneurial ventures will know this. It's just part of the course, part of the landscape, part of the territory. So getting used with getting used to the feeling of a bit of discomfort uh, doesn't have to be huge, can escalate sometimes it, it, like this ebb and fall, but this general feeling of just sort of slight insecurity goes with entrepreneurial uh, events because you, you haven't got a, a fixed situation and it all rests on you to build a company, build a business, create something new. Um, <clears throat> so change by definition really does bring a certain sense of uh, uh, discomfort or insecurity. So in my book, Conscious Confidence, Use the Wisdom of Sanskrit to Find Clarity and Success, I actually devote a chapter to what I call the fear barrier and there's an overcoming or getting beyond the comfort zone. And um, I have a diagram. It's not in the book, but um, I've got it. Actually, if you're viewing this on YouTube, you will see the diagram. If you're listening to it, you'll just have to imagine it. Uh, this fear diagram and living within the fear barrier and this comfort zone diagram. Uh, and it's concentric circles and it's light on the inside and it increasingly gets darker with concentric circles until it's quite dark. And then beyond the, beyond the darkest external circle is then light, sort of light that stretches all around without any limit. Um, so within that comfort zone, right in the middle, we're actually relatively efficient, we're confident, we're competent, and we go about our lives, we're reasonably effective, we meet the ordinary demands that are thrown at us. And within that circle, there is a degree of light and contentment and things basically get done. So really, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing at all, you know, great. Unless you hear of a larger, freer world that's beyond our ordinary circumscribed Existence circumscribed means with a, a boundary ascribed by a, a boundary around it. Having heard of this wider world, it's natural for a desire to arise for it. It's just natural in our human nature. Then work has to be done to reach that new world. Aha. Uh -huh. So there's a quick side note. I just wanted to mention a bit of caution here. New ways of thinking or acting or feeling are necessarily um, aren't necessarily better or more efficient than the old ways um, that's a separate conversation just because we've now got this new idea it doesn't necessarily mean it's better than the older ways um, and we I, I would caution the what I you know the new shiny object syndrome where that can just be a distraction and an avoidance and it's justified as new ideas so we need to have our feet on the ground about this um, so just pointing out that the effort to try something new and perhaps even risky has an attendant subtle force of resistance. So overcoming that force of inertia is what I'm actually addressing. It's not necessarily the new idea itself, something new, um, because like I say, that can just be a shiny object syndrome of distraction. It's, it's this discomfort um, 
So overcoming that force of inertia is what I'm actually going to address. So once you're out of your comfort zone and past that fear barrier, you can do things however you want. And the old ways can be the order of the day. They can be good to do, but you will bring a fresh energy to them, a new view, and they'll no longer be done out of habit and just because you've always done them that way. You'll do it more consciously. So we're going to, I'm going to take a break now, and then after the break, I'm going to talk about this mounting pressure to turn back into the comfort zone, and that, and that keeps us tra trapped. And we're going to talk about the moving beyond your comfort zone and stepping free of fear. So we'll be back after the break, and we're going to start getting into the nitty-gritty of getting out of the comfort zone and past the fear barriers. So we'll be back soon. The wise tell us that beauty is everywhere, if only we know how to look. Here's a simple way to see beauty everywhere. Think of three beautiful things, like the laughter of a child, a sunset over the ocean, the sound of a waterfall, the taste of a perfect meal. It can be anything. Just remember three beautiful things. Then ask yourself, what do these things have in common? What do they share which we call beauty? The next step is to let go of the specifics, the laughter, the sunset, the meal, and just contemplate beauty itself. This is a heart thing. Leave the mind and go to the heart and find universal beauty. Join me, Sarah Main, on Damayanti, the show for your soul, where we discover beautiful things together. And check out my website, damayanti.store. Welcome back. Welcome back to Damayanti, the show for your soul. And today we're talking about the great escape, why you should try to get out of your comfort zone. And before the break, I was just talking about the, the fact of there being a comfort zone. And um, now we're getting up to the point of that mounting pressure when we desire to get out of our comfort zone because we want to to experience a larger, freer world and, and fulfill our potential as limitless, universal, sovereign beings, um, we do meet this area within ourselves that is comfortable. It's the known, it's the familiar. And it is, a, a, it, oddly enough, it has a, a relative um, light about it because it's where we generally live, it's our sort of set point, if you like, and we get things done, you know, we, we get through our lives, we do stuff and it's great. Um, but when we know there's more of us to give, there's more of us to give expression to, we, we can run up against this sort of inertia. And one of the ways we can experience that is through the fear barrier. And before I get into that, um, if you want to know more about Damayanti for your soul, uh, you can go to my website, damayanti.store, that's D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I, D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I.store, damayanti.store, um, and you, you'll see lots of things there. You can check out 
um, other uh, links to my shows. There's a full archive of all my shows there. So just go to the podcast page. There's a blog there with lots and lots of articles on all sorts of topics, including this one about the comfort zone. Uh, so you can go and um, see my blog, read my blog. I'm on social media on Facebook and Instagram. So check that out at Damayanti. I will put my name in, Saramane, S-A-R-A-H-M-A-N-E and Damayanti on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, also these shows do uh, come up on YouTube as well. And um, you can purchase some beautiful spiritual jewellery that I have and that has these Sanskrit words on them, special meaning, and I choose them specially so that you can keep a lasting memory with you of whatever energy is important to you at the time. It may be love, universal love, prema, maybe patience, kshama, calm patience. It may be uh, shakti, divine energy, and that's the divine creative energy. It may be balam, strength, or abhyasa, resilience. So there's all sorts of uh, collections there. There's eight collections. And you may find a beautiful gift for yourself or someone else. And these, this jewellery is designed to keep that energy and that memory close to you. So check out my website, damayanti.store, to find out more. So let's get into moving beyond the fear barrier and, and uh, getting out of our comfort zone. So in the diagram that um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Imagine concentric circles and it's light on the inside, right in the centre, which is our comfort zone. And it's slowly getting darker as it reaches the, um, the very edge, outer boundaries of the circle. And then beyond that is light. It's just limitless light in all directions. And um, the gradation of from light to a to darkness, but the darkness has a boundary and beyond that is light, shows that things can get a bit tough and uh, as we move out of our comfort zone. But that is a passing phase in, in getting out of our comfort zone. Um, and it just shows that if we're meeting some of this resistance within ourselves, we're actually doing some work and we're getting down to it. So it, things are, you're not going backwards and things are not getting worse. Things are actually getting better, the fact that you're meeting these things. But it's time to do some work. And some of the things we may meet, for example, we might meet some anger, especially when the prompt to leave our familiar patterns comes up from an external source. For example, our boss or our spouse, partner, children, or just some friends and acquaintances sort of press us to do things differently and we react with annoyance, get irritated. Um, and then we blame them if something goes wrong or if we feel that there's too many demands on us and, we're, and, um, and the, the temptation arises to scurry back into our old way of thinking or acting. That's one way. So the sort of anger, annoyance, irritation is one. Uh, another one is apathy and boredom and just a, a blah lack of energy. That is a sign that we're actually meeting something. Um, the other, uh, we're meeting sort of resistance. 
um, then the other one is, or the mind can start to generate a, a plethora of excuses, sort of all sorts of things can crowd our timetable. So we never actually get around to doing whatever it is that we that will actually ultimately set us free. So that's another one. It's just a whole lot of reasons for not addressing something. Uh, and then there's the elephant in the room, and that's the big one, fear. And fear can show itself in all sorts of forms like anxiety or insecurity or self-doubt. And fear's many facets have the effect of freezing our heart and sending us back into the comfort zone. So it's really important um, not so much to uh, criticise ourselves but just be aware of the potential of of how fear operates in these subtle ways where we know it um, in obvious ways. But this is a subtle way, it's internal fear. So the comfort zone is not that comfortable actually. And you may be getting a little inkling of this. And Eddie Harris Jr., uh, he said, the sooner you step away from your comfort zone, the sooner you'll realise it wasn't all that comfortable. And I've certainly found that in my life. Um, you don't realise it. You keep it on like an, like an old pair of slippers. But uh, actually, when you get, you get free of it, you realise, oh, you know, I don't want to put those back on again. So the comfort in comfort zone is actually illusory. And this is because it's liable to be disrupted at any moment by unexpected events, external events. And these surprises are usually beyond the control of our relative efficiency and competence uh, that we have within the bounds of our comfort zone. And there's another quotation, the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. The comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. I always liked that one. That sort of kept me thinking, kept me alert about it. Uh, true growth and freedom lies beyond the limits of the fear barrier and the comfort zone. And there's a whole new world of your potential, your universality, your limitlessness waiting for you when you've done the work to move out of your comfort zone. The whole world can open up when you've met those barriers to freedom with courage, determination, and it does take a bit of discipline. So this new world has, but it has its own geography and signposts and, uh, and it has some challenges and pitfalls for sure, but it's a world of freedom where growth is possible because remember nothing ever grows there, all right? The comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. And um, beware of that sort of false security and safety of the comfort zone. <clears throat> so... Outside that comfort zone, um, you, you find creativity, power, and a conscious confidence in yourself. It's a real confidence. Um, so when we break free, as I said before, we find another whole world waiting for us. And um, it's only when we've awakened to the fact that in the comfort zone, we're in, in Shakespeare's words, cabined, cribbed, confined and bound in, that we desire to make our escape. And this is because the escape to be effective and long-lasting has to be conscious and disciplined. It involves work. I know these are sort of yucky sounding words, but 
um, it, you know, it, it involves some work and it's the effort of being aware that we don't want to go back into those old habits. We want the freedom, the growth. We want to experience our true self, our true potential, that we will engage in some sort of discipline to break free. So a final point, um, beware of the apparent safety of the comfort zone um, and it's exactly that. It's a mere appearance. And if your vision is limited to only a few feet in front of you, then you won't see the sort of life, life events. <clears throat> One way of looking at it is like a freight train barreling towards you out of the fog. You won't see that. Um, <clears throat> so beyond the fear barrier, your vision is so much wider and you'll see these life events coming towards you and you can take appropriate action. So remember, it's all okay, even when the going gets a bit tough, no effort is ever, ever lost, no matter how bad a day you're having. Keep going, never, ever, ever, ever give up. And practice steadiness and stillness. Um, on Instagram, I think, certainly on, on my social media, I often post daily breather, which is just like a 60-second moment to just be still just press pause on the activity of the day the responsibilities just for a moment and come back to stillness and develop that ability to fall still straight away and get that anchor and actually in my book I put in an exercise called the anchor and that is a more um, extended experience where you develop that anchor within yourself to what's true real and strong and it's it's really important to get that because this takes you through these difficult, challenging times. One final encouraging quote, when you step out of your comfort zone, you are stepping into your greatness. So I'm going to end by chanting some Sanskrit for you and my next show is going to be on the three great lessons, restraint, generosity and compassion. So I'd love you to check that out. Three great lessons, restraint, generosity, and compassion. So a little bit of Sanskrit to finish. And this is from the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad. Lead me from the unreal to the real. Lead me from darkness to light. Lead me from death to immortality. May peace and peace and peace be everywhere. Om Asatoma Sadkamaya. Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya, Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Thank you for spending time with me on Damayanti, the show for your soul. To find out more about Damayanti or to get my book, Conscious Confidence, use the wisdom of Sanskrit to find clarity and success, or to purchase my range of beautiful spiritual jewelry, go to my website, damayanti.store. That's D-A-M-A-Y-A-N-T-I.store. Damayanti.store. See you next time.